the two biggest influences on me were, uh, were a high school wrestling coach who, uh, who really showed me that uh, how you how you practice is how you perform. And that, that affect my academics. Right. And then that affected my career. Um, you know, take, take it seriously, even if you're off camera and you, and you show up well on camera, uh, within business, uh, it was, uh, it was my cousin and my family's business, who was one of the, one of the, uh, early founders of the company. And, um, his word was his bond. And uh, he he had a, a talent instilling loyalty, and it was both ways. We trusted he we had his loyalty, and we reciprocated. And that that made a very close uh, team and a very effective team. Welcome to the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of The Power of Respect in Business. Charlie is one of America's foremost authorities on respect and leadership development in family business. And now, here's Charlie. Hello, I'm Charlie Likewise, and welcome to another episode of the Power of Respect podcast. Today, we're talking about respect and the dynamics of family business. My guest today is Rob Simmons. Rob grew up in a manufacturing family business and has held a number of leadership roles both within his family company and externally. After taking his company into international markets in the 90s, he served as an executive director of a hospitality company, then founded and headed an industrial software company for 15 years. Since selling a software company, Rob has served as business development manager for manufacturers in automotive, transportation, and pharmaceutical markets. From formal education to various leadership roles, he's enjoyed navigating the operational, financial, and cultural elements around family businesses of all types. Rob is also a member of the board of directors of his family business, Hickory Springs Manufacturing. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for having me here. Our pleasure. So from your background, Rob, you, know, you certainly very much have an analytical background. You're an analytical person. Um, you're skilled in technology and analysis, which speaks to the measurements and results side of leadership. So perhaps you can tell us about your experience on the relationship side of leadership and how it impacts uh, dealing with family dynamics. Uh, yeah, and I would I would say uh, on all the Myers-Briggs and derivative type tests, I always test like Dr. Spock. <laughs> but my role has uh, so I so I tend to test as very analytical. But the the roles I've had in my career tend to almost all be on the business development side. Uh, so that's all about the relationships and liaisons. So it's been a kind of a funny combination for for my background. Uh, so for me, um, um with my with my prior experience for me it's it's primarily about relationships and the and culture right and tell us how you know you've been in family businesses for some time you've been in a lot of different kinds of businesses including non-family business tell me how you look at culture and some of the things you experienced perhaps where respect played a role both potentially on the positive side and maybe even lack of respect on the negative side to your experiences? 
Yeah, I I, th I can think of cases of both um, that, um, you know, I, I've always been a big believer in the advantage of family-held companies, uh, that they provide a certain type of bond and patience that's tougher, uh, and certainly a public company uh, or even small to medium businesses that aren't necessarily family businesses. Um, so I think, I think, you know, like you're saying, the flip side of that is you, you have to mitigate some of the baggage that comes, uh, particularly in terms of respect, uh, in family businesses. Uh, and, you know, uh, you've written about this yourself, uh, where you get into things like birth order and, uh, childhood dynamics and, it, you know, surprisingly, they can show up decades later. Right. So as you as you navigate that world, you know, tell us about your experience with the communication processes you've used or or what I sometimes refer to as generational engagement opportunities uh, in, in understanding both where the family's coming from and potentially help if trying to nudge them in, in, a, in a new direction or advancing forward. So in any business, when you talk about leadership, uh there's there's an emphasis on repeating and and speaking to you know what is our mission what's our purpose what's our values that's good core skills um and it's easy to it's easy to shy away from repetition and putting it forefront uh, when you're in that leadership role, it can feel tedious or you can feel insincere. You keep repeating them. Uh, but the greater harm is uh, when that's underserved. And uh, it's just, oh, well, you know, everybody understands what we're talking about. And they're and not constantly regrounded. And this is our purpose. This is our values. And um, and it's funny, uh, the. the older I've gotten, the more I've sort of front loaded, uh, even, even when meeting, uh, a new partner, uh, that we're collaborating with or a new customer, we've just, uh, we're hoping to do business with, uh, there's just a lot of value and Hey, this is who we are. This is how we operate. This is what we do. This, this is what we don't do. Uh, so that, that explicit communication it's hard to think of a situation where that's that's not the thing to do. And so in terms of how you have encountered people, are there some examples of perhaps when someone didn't show you the respect they probably should have and how that made you feel? And, and then what did you do about it going forward from there? Yeah, and I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I really... Uh, I really struggled in my past. I think I was a bit of a hothead. And so, so whether it was a customer, whether it was someone in my family's business, um, uh, if, if I wasn't getting that respect, um, I tended to overreact in the past. And, uh, I think over the years I learned to, uh, to really focus objectively. What, you know, why is that? What, what's their perspective? What do they see? And when, once you start putting yourself in their shoes, you can start to pick that apart, uh, whether it's innocent or 
whether perhaps you you earn <laughs> that uh, position from them or uh, you know, in some cases they're nefarious, but the first step is to always put yourself in their perspective first, instead of seeing it from your own. No, I think that's great advice. Uh, I think back for me and, and we've talked before, so, you know, I'm an analytical person as well. And so the measurement side of things, the results side of things I can do in my sleep for me to be an effective leader, it was important to focus on the relationship side as you're talking about. And one example of that, um, it's also in the book, is someone who told me that um, uh, some advice that really helped me in that regard this is a person who could walk into a room of 30 people who he vehemently disagreed with and spend an hour. And then when he came out, everybody was saying, when's John coming back so we can talk to them again? And I'm thinking, how did he do that? And I asked <laughs> him, about it. I said, look, you know, I said, John, how do you do that? You're smart, but I'm a smart guy. How come I can't do that? And he said, he, he gave me two words. He said, listen longer. And I think that speaks to your example of making sure you try to understand what, what it is going on in the shoes of the person that's talking to you. What are they thinking? What's been their experience that leads them to whatever they're saying to understand first? So I think that's an extremely important view and it's worked for me as well. So I completely understand where you're coming from. In terms of um, dealing with... Uh, a family business that you've been in both family and non-family business in terms of dealing with a family business and in dealing with a non-family business, what are some of the comparisons you drew or some of the things that might be more effective uh, in a family business than, than not in, in an independent business? Well, another thing you, you write about, um, you know, it, it, it's a complicated paradigm. And um, you reference in your book um, a graphic about the, the, it's a, it's kind of a Venn diagram, but it's showing all those elements, whether you're a manager, whether you're an owner, whether you're an employee, whether you're family. And um, it quickly gets uh, crossed over. And, um, I, I think it's hard to overdo keeping everyone conscious of what hat you're wearing. Uh, one thing our family used to brag about is uh, we kind of had uh, purposeful schizophrenia, right? So which which hat am I wearing today in this discussion and trying to stay conscious of it with each other? Um, doesn't always work, but it's it's always a good thing to to attempt uh, when you're walking in there. Right. And I think that uh, the other side of that is, again, understanding who the total audience is from a family perspective. Uh, there's been times when I've asked a client who is the family and the three or four people running it said, well, well we're the family and they name each one of them. And the, the element really is that it goes beyond that. There are spouses, there are cousins, there are children, grandchildren, perhaps, all of which ultimately have an impact on the business. Maybe not now maybe not in the near future, but ultimately. So as you think about your experience with family business over 30 plus years, how did you see uh, the effectiveness of you becoming aware of what the business was, how it worked, what uh, what your thoughts were about the business as they evolved over time? Well, one of the things I was interested in, um, both from my family's business plus uh, some some other family businesses I was engaged in, including a family office exchange, um, is you know when the family members are clients 
versus beneficiaries. And, and there's a there's a difference there. And there's a difference in dialogue and, and expectations. And then, of course, you know, employees and managers and what we usually talk about. And um, uh, it's it's very easy, I think, uh, for the core around the business and the peripheral family that aren't around the business. It just happens by click or it just happens by evolution versus design you know this this is what we think is best this is what we think is balanced what is everyone's feedback and um it, it unfortunately i don't think the latter method happens usually i think it normally just evolves and it and so it's it's seen as a kind of social self-grouping versus uh you know explicit rules-based uh roles and, and assignments and, and intentional engagement of, of everyone right precisely yeah well i think i think that's an important lesson for people to think about and, and our listeners may have already thought about it to some degree but uh, it's never too soon from my perspective to begin to involve other family members and getting to know who each one of them are especially in this day and age of geographically dispersed families um, interests uh, in, in a number of areas that have nothing to do with the business. So they're busy doing that. It's important to bring them back together from time to time um, in order to be able to have them understand what is the business, what does the business do, who are the communities they serve, et cetera, et cetera. Um, have you seen that work effectively in family business? I've, I've seen it work with family picnics and gatherings and uh, kind of um, the reinforcement, of, uh, just like in a family that doesn't have a business, right? So that that type of family re reunion spirit that um, that's the foundation uh, for the business relationship. And I, I've seen that really invested and I've, I've seen what happens when it's it's uh, when it's not uh, continually, uh, Rebuttressed, you know, reinforced. So you you mentioned about your your learning through life, like we all do, relative to your communication style and your reaction to other folks. What would you say your most important communication style elements are today? I think um, I think folks need to, if they're going to be leading uh, any business or family businesses going forward. They're going to have to keep up uh, with fluid mediums. I mean, you and I are doing a podcast right now. Uh, there's, there's, uh, you've got to balance, especially everyone coming out of COVID. This is going to be a big deal. How you balance the pros and cons of in person uh, versus online, and I think uh, family businesses, I would assume, are going to have a tougher time. Uh, adjusting because they're going to tend to have older leadership that are not as accustomed to that. And they're used to everybody being there in person, but, but getting that balance right between in-person and remote is, is, is the new challenge, I think in organizations and in a priority. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and as you said, and a priority, which, which will make it even more challenging going forward mm -hmm. so 
in, in terms of um, in terms of leadership, what would be an example of a leader that most influenced you? I think um, I think I well, it's easy. The the two biggest influences on me were uh, were a high school wrestling coach who uh, who really showed me that uh, how you how you practice is how you perform. And that, that affect my academics. Right. And then that affected my career. Um, you know, take, take it seriously, even if you're off camera and you, and you show up well on camera, uh, within business, uh, it was, uh, it was my cousin and my family's business who was one of the, one of the, uh, early founders of the company. And, um, his word was his bond and, uh, he he had a, a talent instilling loyalty and it was both ways we trusted he we had his loyalty and we reciprocated and that that made a very close uh team and a very effective team and you mentioned appropriately that the basis for that loyalty was a matter of trust uh and to, to me trust comes through respect so obviously sounds like he showed people respect um, and people in turn showed him as opposed to demanding respect, he actually earned it through his showing of respect to others, would you say? Yeah, I would say reciprocity is a cousin to respect. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's similar. Yeah. All right. Um, so if you're, if you're, and you've mentioned some of this already, so it may be the same thing you just answered, but if you're speaking to an upcoming leader, um, or maybe someone in your family from a younger generation, who wants to be a leader in a leadership role, what advice would you give them? I think um, perspective, uh, you know, when you're, when you're not at the top, it's, it's easy to be impatient because you're not seeing the full range of stakeholders you're not seeing the full range of consequences and scenarios but as you move to that higher position and and it's correspondingly to to lose sight from the field uh of, of where where your your money's being made and so having that having that two-way relationship that it's it's top down in terms of value, direction, uh, consistency of message, but just as significant, it's it's from the floor up. This is this is where, this is what we're experiencing. This is what we're seeing. This is how it's interpreted. What we're seeing, and that that two way flow must happen. And that's what I'd impart on anybody within or when they're in family business or not of what they have to be conscious of. So one of the things related to what you just mentioned about advice is the concept of mentorship or mentoring others, both within the family or even other people within the business that you may be the owner of. Um, give us some examples of, of how you valued and, and maybe how you execute mentorship uh, as a leader in, in your family business. Well, uh, you know, as I mentioned with my cousin, for me, it was key. Um, so I, I uh, even though 
even though I had a, a top MBA degree, uh, even though I was, uh, you know, having success uh, with large customers, it it didn't come together until I had that feedback uh, from my, you know, my older cousin who had that experience and that that context uh, to help me. It really accelerated uh, my learning and my style. Now I'm in the opposite position uh, that I I'm helping develop young talent and it's a blast, right? And uh, they they come in from uh, they tend to you know they're they're younger, they're outgoing. They tend to have a more narrow perspective. so the 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 pleasure of this is getting them to see, a broader view of what's going on and of the arena that they're operating in. So, so uh, it's kind of back to perspective for me. And that's, that's, it's a, it's a real pleasure walking folks through that. I think that attitude from a leader such as yourself, that it's a pleasure and it's something you want to do and see value in actually demonstrates respect to the people you are mentoring. And then again, they can see how that fits into their growth you care about that and and then they also understand and, and care about the wisdom you can pass on to them it it feels that way and you know it may be uh i hear a lot of people talk about uh younger generations you know maybe i'm dealing with an unusual set of individuals but but the folks the young folks i'm working with uh uh there's they're just really a delight they're they're ambitious they have drive uh um and you you know it it's a it's a pleasure to help them get introduced to the financial aspects or the legal aspects or contractual contractual of of their work mm -hmm. in in terms of your your board work with your family um obviously you weren't on the board as soon as you were born so you were developed into it or eventually asked into it um, how was that process for you in terms of acclimating you to getting to the point of being on the board of a company and being involved in making critical decisions about that business through that board work? Well, um, you know, the first thing that was interesting is going from management uh, to a corporate director. Um, the you have you have to it's a fine line going from being active uh, versus your oversight now and not project yourself into the operations and micromanaging. And uh, I think it makes sense to all of us that in a family company, that's even tougher. <laughs> Uh, I think the only thing tougher for that is when a founder has to move to oversight. <laughs> so the second toughest would be if you're in the family and then you move to oversight. Right. Now well, that sounds like it makes sense because the phases people go through, the founder being the one who it, it's their baby, it's their understanding. They were probably the technical financial and sales wizard relative or engine for the company in the beginning till things started to change. So it's hard for people to let go. I sort of I sort of liken it to the idea of what happens when when my kids or grandkids come to me and say, 
we have to take the keys of the car away from you because you you're not safe driving anymore. <laughs> and uh, I I don't know what that feels like, but I can only imagine it it has re repercussions that uh, that aren't so good. Well, you know there and there's a lot of there's a lot of studies about uh, executive decision making, right? So so some of us some of us are wired to be the driver. I mean, if, if they're not in charge, they're uncomfortable. And so that's, they're going to be in that executive role, <laughs> even if they're an executive one. Um, and then some folks are the opposite, right? They, they need, they need to be part of a team and following, um, you know, you, I guess if we're both analytical, uh, I've been able to, I've been able to switch in my experience. So, um, I've, I've been in an executive role in an entity and the onus was on me to make discretionary choices on the spot. Right. And that's, that's called for in the leadership. Uh, and then you switch out and you're in the oversight on the same entity. Some folks can do that. Um, and um, I'm, I don't know if that's if you have been in a similar situation. No, I, I have. Absolutely. So I understand exactly what you're talking about. It's interesting, too. It's not only going from a management to oversight role with respect to the business. It's going from a management or executive to an oversight role within the family as well. Uh, another another set of dynamics. <laughs> that's uh, yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm a younger member of the family so the birth order thing is is pretty humorous for me that's that's uh that's pretty significant in the family business in my experience mm -hmm. well it's it's uh it certainly complicates issues because the emotions involved are even more direct um if if you're the one that's not chosen for something um how do you feel when you go to thanksgiving dinner and you're sitting around the table and you feel like someone else got something you wanted to have that doesn't happen in a public company directly, but it can happen in a family business. For for all the literature you and I have probably seen on family businesses, I wonder if there's a case where, and there's a lot, you know, people talk about birth order a lot, but I, I would challenge you to see where at the office, they show up one way uh, where one's in more of authoritative position than the other, and then out of the office they flip-flop um I'd, I'd be interested in a story where that's the case <laughs> well i have to change the names to protect the innocent so i won't go in <laughs> as do i <laughs> but, uh, i'm sure i'm sure our audience can probably in their own minds think of their own examples that, that relate to that and how challenging it is yes I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you want to add from me? We talked about wisdom and you certainly have imparted that upon us. So I appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to add in this conversation today? Well, uh, you know, reading your book, um, it, it's something that's uh, a passion for me. Um, and I, I'm, I'm with a great group right now. That's, it's not uh, a family business, uh, but they could be right. And they really, the owners uh, is privately held, but the owners really uh, stress 
their values first and about and and, and including respect. And um, I really I really do believe that that is the foundation for communication and and for marrying up different perspectives. And, uh, you know, as as I was reading your book, I, I can tell you uh, just different anecdotes from my own past uh, came up over and over again, uh, reinforcing how much that is a priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for your time. Thank you. Appreciate being here. I want to thank Rob Simmons for being with us today, and I especially want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Power of Respect. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the podcast and visit our website at expertsinhow.com. A quick reminder, if you'd like to read my book, The Power of Respect in Business, it's available on Amazon. In addition, my new book, The Power of Legacy and Family Business, will be out soon. Thanks again for listening, and remember, respect builds trust, trust builds relationships, and relationships are the key to leadership. This has been the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of The Power of Respect in Business. To listen to more episodes and learn more about Charlie's leadership development programs, visit his website, expertsinhow.com.